Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. What's happening, guys? We are live. It is uh, Thursday night. We are going to do the first of our Chalk Talk sessions. These are going to be very experimental. We are going to really try to do the best we can with these. It's a new concept, a new idea, and we're just going to try to be as informative for you guys, the viewer, as we possibly can. So uh, I think think this can be pretty good. It's going to take some trial and error. It's going to take some feedback. Uh, we're, We're trying to figure out what works best for teaching some football 101 stuff and then also getting into what the browns like to do uh, because i think that's important too if you are listening to the audio version of this which would not be live which would be tomorrow on a podcast it's tough we're going to try to be as descriptive as we possibly can for you uh, to paint a picture but the best thing i can suggest for you to do is to find the youtube form of this and, and have something to follow along with because that's that's what makes it the most easy Uh, to understand. So we will take questions as we go. If there's something you don't understand, we will try to help. I'll do my best to help. And I know that my guest, John Stephenson, who we bring on in just a little bit, will be answering everything thoroughly and going through a a quick little presentation. We're going to try to spend time on defensive personnel in front. So I'm going to try to feed questions to John that I think are good questions for understanding. And like I said, we'll do our best. We'll talk plenty of defense over the next month. We'll talk plenty of offense over the following month. It'll be a a uh, huge project here that we try to partake in, and then we'll try to keep these Chalk Talk sessions up throughout the season every Thursday night as we can as John's schedule as a uh, – he, he keeps himself pretty busy as a football coach as his schedule permits, so we'll see what we can do there. So uh, let's welcome in John. You know him as Buckeye198181 on OBR channels. He's here only in football play diagram form, no visual, but we get all the audio. John, what's up, man? Thanks for having me, Jake. No problem. No problem. Let's um, let's dig in. We will we will have like I said. If you have a question that pertains to this, uh, we will, you know, we'll, we'll we'll certainly take your question. There's no doubt about that. Uh, the first thing we're going to end up talking about uh, as we look at this is I wanted to present a little bit of a loose defensive depth chart so that you know as we go through this, you know the people that we are talking about from alignment standpoints. So. Uh, it's a little tough to make a perfect grouping. If you notice, there's more than 11 positions here because you want to include the nickel, which we we know that if a nickel's on the field, one of those linebacker leaves and vice versa. If you bring Ronnie Harrison as your dime safety onto the field, you'll take somebody else off the field, maybe another linebacker. Or if you go a 4-2-5, you'll keep two backers and you'll bring uh, maybe Troy Hill off the field or something of that sort. We put the rookies at the bottom for the most part at the bottom of the position groupings. Uh, so don't don't read too much into it. But this is a lot of the personnel that you're going to see. Uh, so when we talk about Will, we're probably talking about Jacob Phillips, JOK, Malcolm Smith. We're talking about Mike, Anthony Walker. You know, Jacob Phillips decided to play a little bit of Mike Sam. If we talk about the Sam position, uh, Sione Takitaki will be uh, one of those that we, that we certainly think will be a, an exclusive Sam player. Elijah Lee will float around. Maybe he will make the roster. There will be some fringe guys in the linebacker room. Your corner's outside greedy. JOK, Denzel Ward, Robert Jackson played at the end of the year when Denzel went down with the COVID issue and he had a leg injury. Uh, AJ Green will be another guy who will, who will fight for that fifth corner spot. Troy Hill and MJ Stewart in the nickel. Troy Hill is your frontline guy. Safety's John Johnson, Ronnie Harrison, Grant Delpit are your starting three. 
in some form or fashion. Uh, we'll see how Grant does coming back from injury. Sheldrick Redwine and Richie LeCount there at the free safety role will fight for that depth position to keep their name on the roster. So that's the general group of defensive players that they are working with, okay? Um, and I think it's important for us to know who some of those defensive guys are uh, because it's uh, it's going to be exclusively to what we talk about over the next few you know, next few weeks and into the month. So let's uh, let's switch up the stream ad here, and we're going to look at it from a wide perspective. Somebody asked real quick, uh, Bauer Power, I think it's 1889 there, which DTs can kick outside. Of the defensive tackles that they think could be big fellows that can move and play outside in that strong edge, uh, Malik Jackson and maybe Malik McDowell, uh, that's that's probably it right now. I mean, I don't know if Malik McDowell makes the roster. I don't feel comfortable with any of these others bumping outside uh, just to sort of answer your quick question there. Uh, let's go, though. Let's go into this thing, John. Let's let's do the best we can talking about basic defensive uh, principles and, and some key information, okay? So you are going to share a lot of playbook views, and then you're also going to share your own experience and teach from it. So, yeah, walk me through kind of your thought process with this whole thing. All right. So um, I guess but before we get into the uh, the nitty-gritty here, I wanted to uh, to show everyone um, just a, a couple uh, screenshots we took of a playbook earlier today. So um, where, you know, we, we know that Joe Woods has experience in, um, you know, the, the Seattle, uh, Seattle Seahawks covered three style defense, you know, single high, gapped out, and so on. But um, we, uh, you know, we're, we're making the assumption that he brought it over here. And from what I do know um, of, I have a, uh, I know a coach inside the building. So, you know, from what I have been able to talk with him about and have been told it, this is the Seattle stuff. So I um, wanted to show you some screenshots from a couple of different playbooks. The first, uh, this one here being Seattle's uh, 2013 playbook. So this was the Super Bowl year, Legion of Boom. Um, and let's go on to the next one here. So what I want General to really playbook. just show you here yeah. is that we're getting to the um, that there, there's a ton of consistency between them. Like just looking at the formatting, looking at the terminology, the language they use. So this is just their uh, their man free. This is man coverage across the board, a single high safety. Uh, you look along the top here, you'll see over one Y, and then uh, they all use the color black. Um, even you know the details down to when you look at the uh, example formations along the top. Look at how the the wide receivers are always red. The little circles are always red. The tight ends are always that bluish purple. The, the halfbacks always green. The fullbacks are always yellow. Um, you know, there's the the way that they present and organize it, going through um, the formation, the essence of it, essentially just briefly describing it, the coaching points, and so on. So there's 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 a ton of carryover. So. I think I want everyone to understand that we're, you know, we can't know exactly how how they, you know, refer to this stuff when it comes to the terminology and the concepts. But but looking, you know, across the years at um, people that have taken this system other places, I think it's it's fairly safe to say that, you know, what 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 you see here is probably what they're getting. You know, the language we see is probably what they're using. Um, yeah, I guess that that's really where we want to uh, to take it. Yeah, and in playbooks are set up like this on. The offensive side too, very similarly. I mean, there's always going to be block by block what each person's supposed to do. Um, it's going to lay out designs. I mean, it's flipped. Obviously, you're seeing it from the defense's perspective. 
on the offensive perspective, the offense is at the bottom of the field and the defense is at the top. So that's a little bit of a tweak. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the general look of a playbook. So from the rudimentary, you walk in, you're, you're meeting with the Browns, you're a rookie, or, you know, Kevin Stefanski arrives last year, Baker Mayfield gets a playbook or, you know, Miles Garrett gets a playbook. This is what it looks like. This is the stuff that they they see, coaching points, essence, all of that stuff. So there are always trigger words. We're talking defense again here. There are always trigger words that you'll hear teams use a lot. And I think these are important to understand when you are, are talking about responsibilities for players because – you know, there there's roles assigned to every person. Eleven guys have a job to do within a defensive or offensive setup, and these are the key words that you will hear defenses use uh, to to give directions pre-snap or post-snap. It's usually pre-snap, right, John? Yeah. So um, these these are words that um, the defense is going to use to to get themselves lined up. Since we're talking about um, specific positions, personnel groups, and then getting into some uh, formations, their basic over and under stuff. Um, Really, before um, the, I guess the most important piece or part of, of um, sort of installing your formation is just really being into into the players' heads that um, you you have to communicate and you have to line up correctly as a result of that communication. So it doesn't matter um, how great your players are, frankly, if they can't line up correctly. And you know, as as we saw last season, at times there were uh, there there were some issues with that, both uh, pre snap and post snap communication, and guys, you know, just not being where they need to be. Oh, when um, you know when I, essentially there, these are certain words that um, the mic is going to use to sort of describe the formation, and by doing that, it tells everyone sort of which side they need to go to and where they need to stand. It's that specific. So a couple really common ones are uh, solid and flex. So when we get into mm-hmm. setting the front a little later, um, the solid side is going to be the side with the tight ender. In this playbook, they call that a Y, but a Y is just an inline tight end. He's in a three-point stance, his hands in the dirt. Um, generally that's where the, uh, you know, the run strength will be. So that's where uh, some part of the formation is going to go. Uh, flex side is just the area opposite the Y. Um, oftentimes that's a slot receiver, you know, uh, a Jarvis Landry type player, but, um, mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, strong and weak. We'll get into more later on when we start talking about setting passing strengths and coverage and so on and left and right is pretty common sense, but the, the big two here are solid and flex and we'll, we'll need those in a little important. Okay. You'll always hear at the line, you're always going to get a strength call. Defenses are going to set the yeah. run strength and the pass strength. Mm-hmm. You're going to hear those calls made. You'll see linebackers communicating when they're at the last sec. You know, if you go back and watch early in the season, particularly last year, Andrew Sandejo and, and BJ Goodson just trying to get people lined up. And that's because, you know, your position, Sam or Will, go based on the strength. That's the side that they align to. They have to know that. The same for your safeties. They have to know that based on the strength. That stuff is important. So those are key basic understandings to how defensive football works. So now you talk positions, and it's important as you talk positions to understand there's 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 tweaks to all of this stuff, right, John? Like, okay, sure. we're going down the list. Uh, I'll let you go. I'll let you go, and I'll fire questions. So feel free okay. to kind of give your explanation about what you know, what the position is, and what that person needs to kind of at the base level be able to do. All right. So starting at the top, we have our nose tackle. So this was uh, primarily uh, Larry Ogunjobi last season, and uh, your nose tackle is a run-first player. Um, you you don't expect much pass rush from this guy. Um, any any pass rush you do get on um, third down, frankly, is a bonus. Um, th- this guy is here to eat double teams um, because he is. Um, 
the way he's lined up between the center and guard. Um, and when the ball is run in his direction or what we call play side, um, generally he's going to face a double team. So he needs to be stout. Um, and di different teams will ask the nose tackle to take on double team blocks in different ways. You know, the, the details aren't really important, but there, there are different ways they can do it. And it ties in with what they want their linebackers to do. It's all, it's all linked together, but um, it really, the nose just has to be solid against the run. He's got to be stout and he has to be able to hold up against double teams and, you know, Ogan Joby's not back because, frankly, he couldn't do it very well. So that's one. Yep. Um, so your three technique, um, this position's a little more interesting in that you, you like to get more of a balance of both. Um, obviously, first and second down, this does need to be a, a very good run defender. Um, they're also going to face some double teams. But, um, you know, get, get in, in this day and age, um, there, there are a lot of really athletic DTs in the league. So your, uh, your tackle really should give you some pass rush well um if he if he can't offer you pass rush he, he's not complete in this day and age so call, call him a mix of both a balance um your your big end he's the guy that's going to align to the strength of the formation and we'll get into that a bit more later on but again this guy needs to be a run first player um because he's aligning to the tight end side or to the solid side um again he is going to face um a pretty significant amount of double teams so this needs to be a guy that can that can hold up against a double that can keep Mike clean to his side. Um, that obviously he's because he's an end, he's going to need to have some pass rushing skill as well. But um, generally, you want to take your at least in this defense, you're going to take your best run defender at the end position, and he's going to play the big end there. And um, you know, all else being equal, you would like a bigger player in this spot because again, he's going to be leaned on several times a game. So so size is going to help there. Um, your uh, your end, or we'll call it your weak side end right here, that's going to be your other end. Um, more of a pass rushing guy um, because uh, he is lining opposite the wire, the tight end. Um, he's less likely to face doubles. Um, he's going to get more opportunities, one-on-one um, -on -one opportunities in the pass rush game because, you know, you don't have a tight end over there, so you're not going to face chips from that side, um, you know, maybe at the most back. But um, this, this player is the Generally, your most athletic guy. So, the most athletic guy on the line you generally want on the weak side there. That's going to be your beast rusher. Uh, that's going to be the guy that, uh, you know, you really want to create those one-on-ones for. Um, but, but, again, he does need to be a good uh, good player against the run as well. Uh, as far as your linebackers, uh, I've got a Sam for a strong side, a Mike for middle, a Will for weak side. Um, it, it, these are exactly what they sound like. Your, your Sam's going to go to the run strength over the Y. Uh, this needs to be a run first player. So Taki Taki is phenomenal in this role, you know, as long as it's first and second down and, you know, based <laughs> on personnel. But uh, this this is a guy that needs to be downhill. He's going to be taking on pullers. He's going to be taking on fullbacks coming out of the backfield. Um, he has to be a player that's willing to stick his nose in and um, handle physical contact. Uh, your your mic, uh, to, to a lesser extent, um, the, it's more important the mic has some coverage skills, particularly in this defense, because um, – He's going to make what are called um, theme drops, which are hook drops, which we'll, we'll talk about later when we get into coverage. But essentially, he's, he's a guy that could be running pretty deep down the field with inside receivers. So, you know, he, he has to have some coverage drops to him. But as a run defender, again, he because he's, he's tucked inside, he's in an internal or an inside gap between the guard and the center. He's a guy that needs to be very good uh, playing downhill, um, you know, Again, this day and age, all linebackers need to have lateral speed. They need to be able to run side to side. But the, the mic is more downhill than uh, than Will. The, Sam, the, pardon me, the Sam is very downhill as well. But 
as we'll see in a moment, the same isn't on the field much, only against certain groups. So, you know, looking at the Mike and the Will, your Mike's your better run defender. Um, the Will's going to have to cover more in space. Um, he's going to be more of a sideline to sideline guy, just based on the way that uh, the stops the run and also his. I should mention too. We should talk about positions. Andrew Billings, Marvin Wilson, probably your nose. Your three technique: yeah. Jackson, Jordan, Elliott. Your big ends probably Tack and Clowney fighting at that spot. Uh, Miles and I would actually say, in a traditional sense, first team, second team. Your big ends probably Porter. Your your first group there is Jadevin Clowney and Miles. Mm-hmm. Big ends Clowney. Miles is more of your and those two yeah. can kind of rotate. They're interchangeable. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, your second group's probably going to be Tack, and, and then Porter Gustin is your big end, a little big, bigger, a little more, more handle against the run, less pass think, rush skill. You know, I, I think Malik Jackson might be able to handle big end as well, particularly sure. yeah, on first and second one, down, run heavy downs. One, yeah, one of the few that they have inside that I think can really yeah. do that. Um, Sam, like you have mentioned, Taki Taki, uh, we'll see if may, maybe Mac Wilson can keep a roster spot based on his ability to be a guy who could play there. But you're right, mm. Sam's probably playing – anywhere from 10 to, to 20 snaps a game. I mean, if it gets into a blowout like the Browns had, those early season games were not even early season. They stretched out into the playoffs where they were up early 21-28 nothing or 28-23, whatever, and they had to play a ton of pass coverage. So their Sam's never mm-hmm. seen the field. It, it, teams that run the football, neutral games, things like that, you can find your Sam on the field more in base. Teams start going heavier wide receiver packages – uh, 11 mm-hmm. personnel some teams even pittsburgh goes 10 personnel plays four wide receivers the fewer linebackers you see so mm-hmm. uh, teams playing against the browns play more linebackers because the browns play more tight ends you match up personnel wise that's what you want to mm-hmm. do um so yeah Ma- the mic there is anthony walker who's they signed who is who they signed for it uh mac wilson has experience playing a little bit of mike jacob phillips in that week 17 game i know you broke it down last year john had mm-hmm. a really nice game playing mike yeah, um, he but did. he's probably he's probably competing with jok and Malcolm Smith at Will, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. So go ahead and tell tell us a little bit more about Will's more coverage based position. Correct. Yeah. So um, again, r- run first position, but um, more coverage, more more moving laterally or side to side, sideline to sideline. Um, yeah. Although you know, go, going back to the uh, micro really quick, I I don't know. I, I depending on what JOK does, I I could see them trying out uh, Phillips at Mike just to you know long term. Yeah, if they if they really love him that much and they want to get both of them on the field together, mm-hmm. and uh, you know he shows the ability to play downhill, and I thought he played great week seventeen. Um, that I don't know that could be an interesting uh, look on training camp. Absolutely, um, could be. This is actually a good question here. I'm going to post it for us real quick. Uh, okay, which is in this sense, I'm talking about you know using less linebackers. It's it's how does JOK get on the field against the Ravens? That that's a good question, right? Like, yeah, are question. there are there are there packages where they feel come. To, let me put it this way: Teams like the solving thing for the Ravens has been play more DBs, play more speed all the time, mm. all the time, play more speed. But in the sense of JOK, his size, the speed at which he is on the field, you would probably be okay playing through two backers, right? You know, like playing mm-hmm. a four-two-five, maybe having that dime safety on the field. Uh, or, you know, you could put your nickel corner out there and play it that way. But, you know, it, it, I just don't think there's any – some teams have an issue with that where they have plotting linebackers. And I think mm-hmm. JOK gives you flexibility to almost have a versatile – almost safety-like player in, in, in a linebacker role there, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. And also depending on um, what, what Baltimore does with, uh, you know, what they ask their slots to do, this might be a spot also where instead of playing your nickel back, your nickel corner, um, you, you have him in there as well. So you're still keeping your four two five group together. You have, let's say, Phillips and Walker on. But then rather than uh, someone like Roy Hill on the slot, you've got JOK out there to get a little mm-hmm. bigger, um, to ride some more, basically some more room from the run game. Um, you know, a little more, you know, he's, he's just great sideline to sideline and he's great operating in that slot area or in that invert, that part of the field. Um, I, I dig that, it. That could be a, a look to, uh, to explore as well. Yep. Let's, let's keep going though. Uh, uh, safeties, you need, you know, quick, quickly break down the difference between strong and free. What are the, the responsibility sure. differences? So, so in this type of single high or one, one high safety defense, your strong safety is generally going to be your guy that's down. He's going to be uh, what we call in the run fitter. He's going to have a responsibility versus the run um, against most formations. Uh, your free safety is going to be the guy up on the roof. He's in the middle of the field. He's deep. Um, you know, against the run, he's, uh, he's a player last resort, um, you know, if it breaks through everyone else. Um, now, now there is a lot of interchangeability with the safeties in this defense and that um, they, they both must be able to fill the other's role. But, you know, all those being equal, they want the free safety high, you know, playing deep middle, and they want the uh, strong safety down low, um, you know, playing underneath these zones and, you know, banging in the run game. Okay. And then we have two outside corners, which, you know, the, the, the thing that's interesting, I'll ask you this question, picking off the corners. The Browns went from, in the first seven weeks of the season, having them be a left and right corner all the time, mm-hmm. stay on your half of the field. Then they went to switching it to where Terrence Mitchell was the the field corner as often mm-hmm. as they could make him the field corner. Is there? Correct me if my thought process is wrong here, but the goal with doing that is giving him more time to react to the football thrown. Right, your boundary corner needs to be hyper twitchy. Am I right about in that thought process? Teams typically set the strength to the field. I know the hashes <laughs> get tight in the NFL, so it reduces more of the severity of the of the uh, field boundary stuff, but there still mm-hmm. is an element of field boundary. And it's like in the, and typically teams put the strength of their formation to the field offensively, isolate that backside X often. And it mm-hmm. turns into short side, quick throws. You need a twitchy boundary corner type guy. Uh, I th- I think that's what they really went to. What would be the advantage of doing that? Well, yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. So your, your boundary corner needs to be your dog for a couple of reasons. First, because when teams go three by one, uh, you know, put that single receiver to the short side, a lot of times they're doing that to ISO that receiver. and It's going to be the best receiver. Um, in this defense, um, many of their coverages essentially turn into a push versus three by one. So what's going to happen is they're going to push most of the zone defenders towards the strength. And they're going to leave that corner back there in man coverage. And frankly, it's it's it it's really cover zero. He, he's playing man coverage without um, with, with very unlikely receiving any uh, any deep help from a safety. So it's got to be your best man coverage guy as well. Um, also versus the run, um, and this is why the you know you're, this is why he has to be such a dog because he's got to be a, he's got to be great versus coverage, but he also has to be great versus the run. Um, a lot of teams will take a tight end. We call it a nub or a, mm-hmm. uh, a closed formation and um you know they'll and then they'll run towards it and um we, you know when that happens that cornerback's now in the run fit he has a gap he's responsible for that d gap so now he you know he has to be in there banging with players you know that are much much larger and and stronger so it just it's you can't hide a guy when he's in the boundary there you know that, that's really what it comes down to Yep, yep, yep. Okay, uh, these are the alternate defensive backs that can come into the yeah. game based on situation now. 
Uh, yep. your, your fifth nickel, your fifth guy is your nickel. It's got to be a tough SOB. He's got to be able to play. The thing that's challenging, and dime dime guys are the same way too. And you see dime package down there, uh, is is you gotta you gotta understand when you come in as a dime or nickel player, you are responsible for a run gap normally, some sort of run fit, and you have to be able to handle routes that are two way goes. That's the difficult part of playing in the slot, right? Is that you know if you're a guy playing on the outside, you can use the sideline to your advantage. You know, you can always sort of throttle him, funnel him into the sideline as best you can. I know if a guy's pressing outside, he really can only go upfield or he can break in. I have that little advantage. In the slot, what makes that position so uniquely challenging, and especially in the NFL, where condensed space and creating any separation is like the key of all keys, is that you got to be able to handle two-way goes. And that's what makes that position so hard and why the Browns needed to upgrade. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Right? Yeah, that and you, uh, you can't press either. So yeah. you're limited in your technique. You uh, Generally, your slot's going to be off. And if he is on, you know, something's definitely an indicator that, that something's happening. But uh, yeah. yeah, you... Uh, you, you, you're really limited to playing, uh, at least in man, you're limited to playing off man or, or catch man coverage. You can't get up there and press and, and get your hands on the uh, and the receiver to disrupt the route. Yeah, it, get, it gets really challenging. Got to be twitchy. And dime can be <laughs> dime can be either a corner. If you if you if It depends on your personnel, wherever you're at. I mean, the Browns probably would prefer not to put MJ Stewart on the field when they have Ronnie Harrison. They probably would prefer mm-hmm. to do that uh, or Grant Delp, but whoever they decide is going to be their third safety, I would prefer they go that route as to the alternative of putting another corner. Some teams have four corners they really like. Now, mm-hmm. if you get real crazy, you can put a B safety on the field, and that's your seventh guy in, the, in, in bandit packages. That's mm-hmm. You can use a three-man front uh, in that situation, and you have a backer, and then you got all these DBs and safeties on the field, and and uh, that gets really fun. And the Browns didn't mm-hmm. do much of it last year. Joe, Joe Woods talked specifically about they did not play much dime, something south of 20 snaps and dime last year. Uh, he did mention he's by nature a nickel uh, guy. He likes nickel more than anything else, but really tightly hamstrung by by what they were able to do and couldn't get really creative uh, mm-hmm. at, at all in some of these scenarios, right? Yep, yep, exactly that. There uh, there were a couple games where they had everyone healthy and they did some stuff uh, similar to that bandit look, essentially, which was something we'll look at in a second, pulling a, a defensive lineman off the field. Um, you know, keeping their uh, their five DBs out there, then adding another. So you'd end up with uh, Sandejo, Redwine, and Harrison together with a couple linebackers and corners in your nickel. But at, uh, it, I, I only remember it happened in a couple games. At that point, people started falling again, and, and that was that. 
um, an article, a question in our Ask the Insider threads here, which was in the article, uh, there, there was a, an increased note of eight-man coverage, John. Uh, this says pro football focus writer Seth Galina, who does a nice job for them, talked mm -hmm. about how yes. eight-man coverage is trending up. So the question we got here is how much of this did we run last year, which we just answered for you, not very much at all. Um, and could we see more of this moving into this year? I think you certainly could. If you get the Browns, get teams in third and 12, third and 10, even, you know, any third and eight plus where a pass is pretty much going to happen. You know, if you could put Clowney on the inside, let him dance around from an A-gap rush standpoint, play tack and play miles and just get after it with three people, you feel pretty good about that, right? Yeah, absolutely. You could definitely generate a uh, three-man pass rush with that. Um, you know, something I'd be curious to see is, um, is he talking about across all downs or just, you know, third down? Like, is it, I, I would guess, imagine where is this happening? I would imagine. I've not read the article. Um, I will. I will have to read more on it. I, it has to be pass downs. You can't. You can't play rundowns, first downs with eight man and cut. I mean, you guess you could. You could maybe wheel out an end or, or something. Yeah, you could. Have, you could yeah. still play. Uh, I'm just thinking, like maybe uh, for heavy uh, teams that go heavy play action on first or second down, just to sort of create that umbrella and get people out. You know, you guys can still uh, that that fourth defender can still um, you know be in the run fit. You're not pulling them out necessarily, but I guess you're adding a bonus dropper somewhere across the field by by having him dump out. Top For of sure. my head. He said, um, this is RuneDog90 said, it seems like it would work well against Lamar Jackson to limit his run lanes. If you want to beat Lamar Jackson, you have yeah. to rush with, with with and we've talked about this so many times, John, you got to rush with discipline. You can't be a mm -hmm. crazy upfield rusher. You can't take yourself oh. out of plays by running past the quarterback because he's just going to embarrass you. I still yeah. think the Browns have done it way too many times. So, yeah, three-man rushes are, are going to be okay if you can drop eight effective zone players. Browns drop eight last year they didn't have enough effective zone coverage players just a bunch of grass eaters you got to get guys that can mm -hmm. feel route combinations that can actually pattern match and do different things like that so i think their personnel is much more in favor of giving themselves opportunity to run three-man rush stuff this year so um yeah I, I think that essentially answers it let's move on a little bit here and talk uh, about these this is kind of where we'll end today is talking about these defensive personnel groups so this is where you, your expertise, having done some of these things, John, just talk through, uh, if we reference these things this year, oh, they were in nickel, this is the kind of count. And these things can vary from time to time, too. So, you know, some teams call their nickel, with they can play a 3-3 three, three nickel, right? Like, you can get creative as you want to get here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The, you know, the numbers up front usually just refer to, um, that's more alignment, whereas, you know, base, nickel, dime, bandit, so on, that refers to the personnel group or the specific set of players that are on the field. So looking at, uh, looking at base, um, obviously, um, I think at this point, everyone's heard that nickel is the new base and everyone's been saying that for a couple of years now in the NFL. But um, th there's still plenty of snaps where teams need to be in their base stuff, where they've got their four defensive linemen, that's their end, their big end. Their DT, their nose tackle, their Sam, their Will, their Mike, and their free safety, strong safety, you know, field corner, boundary corner, whatever you want to call it. Um, so these let's are show an example of that real quick. Yeah, here we go. So this is so at least last season, um, the Browns used this personnel group whenever the offense came out in uh, one two or two one personnel, meaning two tight ends and one back or one back and. Uh, one tight end part of me and two backs, any combination of that. So when that happens, yep, that's perfect. When you see that, they're running out the Sam. Um, and th the reason is um, teams are very heavy run tendency. 
out of these formations here. So you want your best. So let's run. highlight the same. Give give us what we're taught. Let's walk through some of the things we've learned here. The run strength is to which side? So in this case, you're gonna you're gonna go to the solid side. So your solid side is gonna be to the left, to the defense's left. So if we're facing the offensive line there, the tight ends are to our left. If we're standing there in the box where the mic looks like. So yeah, our okay. solid side is gonna be to the left. Our flex side is gonna be to the right. Um, again, when we get into our fronts a little further on, then um, if we're using what's called an overfront, where we're setting our strength to the formation, then we're gonna put our our DT and our big end towards the tight ends. Um, you're going to see, um, again, your mic will be to that side. Generally, your Sam will be to that side. Um, your, your strong safety, generally. Over there. Again, it, it just depends on the, on the specific wall, on the specific front, um, the, the checks behind it, the formation. But, yeah, as a general rule of thumb, um, all of your, essentially, your strength is going to that side. I think Mark that up pretty well there with the big end. We see the Sam, the mic. Yep. So Notice. two tight ends. So you're going to run strength here. Mm -hmm. Right, you're going to get your big end is going to be on this. I tried to put a little B for your big end, Porter Gustin, in this scenario. Miles is, mm -hmm. oh, I don't know what happened Ooh. there. Miles is to the top side. Sorry about that, guys. And then this is your Sam Mike Will, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And uh, notice this is another example of what we talked about just a moment ago with the uh, differences between the field corner and the boundary corner. So, although this is two by two because we have two tight ends, there's the corner at the bottom here is now in the run fit. So he has a he's responsible for a gap. He's a uh, he's a contained player here. So on a run too, he has to play that um, that D gap outside. I'm sorry, so that D gap. Pardon me. Check check check. Yeah. <laughs> let's check it from that screen angle. This so I can see. There we go. So let's let's talk about gaps while we're here. I know we're going to do more with defensive front alignments, but we're talking gaps. Here's your A. Yep. So right we in just in between center guard. To the right, I mean, there's a gaps on both sides. Let's make that clear. The gaps go out, right? So yep. your gaps are going to go left and right. They're going to start at A on each side. So each, so the left butt cheek is an A gap. The right butt cheek is an A gap, right? Out to your B gap. C, D, and this is what you were just referencing, E. So B gap is going to be between your guard and tackle. C gap is going to be between your tight end and any guard, or sorry, any tight end that is here. If there's two tight ends, that forms a D gap. If there's outside, I mean, whatever the outside is, is the last letter of the unused in the alphabet so far, and that is the E gap. If we work to the other side. We only have three gaps, right? A, mm -hmm. A, B, C is between guard and center. Sorry, guard and tackle is the B gap. I'm not helping the people on the audio form of this tomorrow. So A is between center and guard. B is between guard and tackle. C is going to be your last, last outside gap here to this open side. Mm -hmm. Yep. Perfect. All right. So that's base. So, again, you're looking at one, two, three linebackers on the field. Sam, your Mike, and your Will. Does that make sense for everybody? I hope so. I mean, it's pretty simple stuff. I mean, you play these. Heavier packages, two tight ends, tight end one and tight end two, you're going to want to match that. You don't want to have MJ Stewart on the field against a bunch of tight ends and in, in run scenarios. You'd rather have linebackers on the field. Now, a little counterproductive right here because they technically have Taki Taki playing Will. This could have been a screwy alignment. They could have messed this up. Um, who, who knows? Who? Uh, it's, prob it's probably built into the defensive call. Um, yeah. with, the, with the coverage specifically, because the 
this is going to be a little too deep, but long story short, because the the passing strength, the two the twin receivers, the flex side is to the defenses, right? Um, they, they generally use what's called weak side rotation. So one of their safeties has to come down and play the run. So they generally want the guy to the weak opposite the passing strength. So the passing strength is to the defense's right. You can see Harrison dropping down in here. He, um, he has a gap in this. He probably has that C gap, um, you know, in between that first tight end and, um, and the right tackle. So um, they, they, the sand has to go opposite that. So they don't end up on top of each other. So if you're talking about this being blurry, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure what I can do differently and why it would be blurry. I'll have to to check the rewatch. It's not coming through blurry on your side, is it, John? No, it looks all good to me. Um. Anyway, um, let's uh, let's keep going. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure why. Uh, let's we'll knock these down. Let's get back uh, to. I will have to check this tomorrow, guys. I don't have time to check it in show. Uh, we'll have to look at maybe I can, if you guys want to shoot me DMS, I can, I can give you, uh, you can, you can give me some recommendations on maybe keeping how YouTube keeps up with the stream settings. Uh, I am not sure I'm open to any of those suggestions, but now I cannot do anything about it in show. I'm sorry that it might be coming through a little blurry for some of you. Um, let's talk nickel. So, uh, yeah, nickel's going to be for again, four D linemen, two linebackers. You're, you're getting another corner on the field and then, uh, your two, Let's see if we can go forward a little bit. Yeah. Next uh, I'm running old school graphics here. I'm sorry. It looks <laughs> good on my end, which is kind of bummer. I, I, I'm sorry this isn't coming through great for you guys. Um, okay. So let's let's try to draw these up as best we can. So now if you're on the audio form, we're looking at nickel. So we've taken one linebacker off the field. Again, sometimes teams will play three-man nickel up front. They, they can do that. But in this scenario, here's your big. Go ahead. I think this is the same uh, same image we just looked at. Uh, no, this is because we have uh, we took a linebacker Second off. One? We got we have a uh, Kevin Johnson is right down here. Oh, is that him there? Okay. Yeah, I promise. Very skinny guy. <laughs> I believe you. All right. Okay. So uh, yeah. So your nickel personnel means uh, Sam's coming off. Uh, Nickelback's coming on again. This is your two-way go guy in the slot. Um, needs to be able to play man coverage um, underneath zone. Um, you're going to see this when teams come out in one-one personnel. So last season, um, if, if a team came out with one running back and one tight end versus the Browns, then um, they they use this group right here. Um, again, the one-one is more balanced um, in that you're going to get some. You know, you're going to get some run. You're also going to get some pass. Um, so, so at this point, it's. Um, you know the run isn't such a threat where you where you, you need to keep someone like Taki Taki on the field. Frankly, um, they tried to use him um, versus this personnel group or in this personnel group um, early in the season, and then I think you talked about this action like after I want to say it was the Cowboys week. They just said no mas, no more, and then he was yeah. he was strictly a base guy from that point. Um, yeah, it's important here to to note again. We we I just want to touch on coaching points or talking points that we've had, John. Uh, yeah. We talked about boundary and field corners. Here is a good example. Now, again, something to note: you might most of you listeners might know this, but the hash marks in college are very high school are very wide. They get tighter in college, and then they get extremely tight in the NFL. So, like your hash marks in high school, John. Correct me if I'm wrong. Are like out here? Oh yeah, they're huge. They're college, huge. they they get into like here, 
And if you watch, they used to have the Hall of Fame game uh, on the on the old field at Canton, and you could see the three of them, and it was kind of cool. Uh, you don't get that anymore. They have a much nicer field, and they can interchange the middle of it, so they 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 take that away. But um, yeah, so it's less of a problem here because I mean, you know, they they know that quarterback arm strength. They want to put pressure on quarterbacks to still be able to make throws. But this is the boundary, the short side of the field, technically is here since the ball is here so you see denzel we talked earlier about denzel being your your boundary short side corner and then at the top of the field on the field side to give him a little more reaction time they're putting terrence mitchell there i don't know what they will do this year if they trust greedy more or if they trust greg newsom more we'll see how that goes if they are comfortable leaving their what's the advantage of leaving a corner to one side is it just nice for him to be able to always have a home and not have to worry about running back and forth so exactly, less running. They can have a ton of distance to run when the huddle breaks, um, and they're already doing a lot of running. So teams will see that, and they'll um, they'll specifically, um, you know, hit them with fade routes or just run them off a couple times. Um, you know, ball goes somewhere else, and then take a real shot at them. So yeah. it's just it's it's one less thing to do when it comes to lining up, and that's probably why um, they started with just sticking to one side earlier in the season. It's just it's it's an easy, cheap way to you know skip some of the sort of some of the steps and get in the get in the set and getting the defense lined up you know there's gotcha. just one less thing to worry about okay good stuff this is uh this is a look at your your alignment based on you know we don't have any tight ends in this scenario or we do i'm screwing yeah, to the left, oh, yeah, so left Jed. yep we do. so from from the defense's perspective then the tight end or the, the uh, solid side is going to be to their right so as you can see, we've got our um, our three technique or our DT over the left guard there. Um, we got our big end outside. We've got our mic, you know, over the uh, the A gap there. Although it looks like um, you know Goodson is over the B gap there. So there's just something going on with um, the the coverage. But the, the important part is our um, our big end and our three technique are to the strength. Um, you can see we have a safety down um, and in the box. He's part of the run fit. It looks like. I wonder if they view Miles and, and Porter Gustin kind of interchangeable in that regard because, you know, it, it, I, I mean, Miles can handle being a big end or a little end. I mean, whatever, See, I think the thing with end. Miles is I think that more than anything, they probably look at matchups and they look at protections. Yeah. So they're looking yeah. at just who's who, who can he really, who's the B-I-T-C-H, that kind of thing. And also particularly <laughs> on, on third down. Um, third downs um they're, they're looking at the specific protection that the offense is likely to use and they're figuring out ways that they can attack at weak spots or create visit like big on big for example finding a way where maybe they can get miles matched up on a a tailback or uh yeah. or a tight end you know just a, a non-traditional agreed agreed let's look at a look at um this this gets this is uh i always talk about when you go to dime that that a big quote from Kevin Stefanski was why they wanted to use heavier sets was because we uh we want to keep teams out of exotic blitz packages and this is what you get when you get teams that are playing a ton of nickel and dime and the Browns weren't they didn't really even get that mm-hmm. creative we want them to but these are the looks you get and this is what is screwy for quarterbacks because mm-hmm. you're trying to you're trying to set protection and you don't know which one of these guys are coming. These two are standing up. He's standing up. That end is standing up. Got a creeping safety down in here. Is this guy coming off the edge? You know, you got a whole bunch of stuff. I and mean, you need to have a an absolute dude out here on an island. So you better feel comfortable with that player. Again, Denzel, where is he? He's to the boundary side, short side. I And Pittsburgh's probably saying, hey, man, we're going to put – we're going to isolate – to the field why are we going to isolate to the field john well because we know they're going to keep terrence mitchell out there mm-hmm. so we're going to set our strength to the boundary 
and force them to play one on one with Terrence Mitchell. That's just a that's just a game plan adjustment. So yeah, and you um, notice his the wide receivers probably off topic, but interesting. The wide receivers split or the distance from the core of the formation is extra wide. Like normally he oh, might yeah. be like top of the numbers or maybe middle of the numbers, but he's even several yards closer to the sideline there. So. My guess is he probably ran something deep and inside breaking. So they get him out extra wide to give him more room to work, you know, towards the uh, the middle of the field. Absolutely. So it's a good look at your boundary and free there. You have a, you have one of your safeties. You have a free here. Uh, we'll look at it from this tight view. We'll be able to label all the mm -hmm. positions. So just a good look at how weird it is when you get in dime and nickel, but more so even dime, the crazy looks that you can give. So let me get my handy dandy pointer see if we can get the uh, we don't have a tight view on this one that's okay let's try oh, to yeah, label one from here. that's okay um so from here this is a nickel kevin johnson i think the brown again the browns dealt with so many injuries in the secondary i believe this is mj stewart which would make him your dime here and then yeah strong would be um i, I think, think that's, that's sheldrick redwine redwine that's free here this is one of your ends. I think this is Olivier mm -hmm. Vernon, who's probably your big end. Or I, they, again, they didn't even really worry about this. This is another end. This is your nose, mm -hmm. and this look. And then I think they have two backers on the field here. I think oh, this maybe this like is their. Uh, yeah, this might be the uh, that bandit set where they pull. Uh, they keep two backers on, and they pull a. Uh, they have dime personnel, two backers okay. on, and they take the nose tackle off. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they just take one. That's what teams will do. So you got to make a decision. Do we want to take a, a big fella off the field up front, or do we take a linebacker off the field? If they kept an extra guy on the field, right? They kept an extra, uh, kept a one tech on the field. Uh, they would, they would just have a mic. You know, that's that's the look. But they, it's interchangeable. So you're just kind of looking at how many defensive backs do they put on the field. You know, they put a ton of defensive backs on the field. Is, I mean, this is by nature dime, right? They have a dime player on the field. Uh, but all they did was interchange and said, hey, instead of having four down linemen, we're going to take one of those down linemen off field, put a faster player like Malcolm Smith on the field and run from there, right? So and that's, um, the, uh, that's that bandit uh, personnel group we looked at like very briefly after uh, Don on that list. It's a good question by uh, – right, let me see if I can pull this up. Uh, you know, when they're calling the mic in this scenario, you would hear them say, I think this is B.J. Goods. I can't – tell uh it could be mac wilson whoever it is 51 or i think what was bj 93 93 is the mic that's how they would set their protection side you probably in this scenario would get a louis call what pittsburgh's yeah. going to do and this is something you can do to manipulate pressure is a louis call you're just going to get a slide a slide a slide and your guard's going to slide here and try to help there and then this guy is two on one so what happens yeah. here sorry matt my my fault man it's been a minute since we've since we've had you, I, I know you're not that 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 the name that's on your account. Um, if they bring two, this guy's going to be responsible. This tackle is going to be responsible, and we have, we'll get to this stuff on offense. This is when it gets fun for me because I know a little bit more on this side of the ball. If they bring two, he's going to handle the inside guy, and this outside guy, the quarterback, is responsible for. So uh, they have to throw off of him. He'll be unblocked. That's kind of the protection. So because you got to, as a quarterback, you got to take care of. With the most immediate threat, which is, hey, they got four SOBs walked down, head up or over from the center. So uh, we got a problem here. We need to slide it because if we don't slide it, then this guy's ripping off the edge. And you do have back protection, but you don't love always putting your running back against a barreling, untouched Olivier Vernon. That's a recipe for uh, grossness. Mm -hmm. So anyway, we'll talk more about that later. But that's a look at uh, Dime uh, with just a slight adjustment. Now this is going to be more of your bandit, right? Yep. 
yeah, so this is um, this is the bandit. It's uh, they pull Logan Joby off, which makes sense when they can do it. He's just not, you know, from pass rushing perspective, he doesn't give you much. So at this point, I think they uh, they they would rather um, you know add another coverage player or add another player that can blitz. Um, you know, from what I remember, although I need to go back and look at it again, um, Woods liked running uh, what I call sim pressures from this. So he he would essentially show a pressure and then bring someone else from a non-traditional spot. So you're it, it's not an actual blitz. You're not rushing five uh, five players. It's only four, but it looks like a blitz, and it's it's something that um you know take it's, it's designed to take advantage of the offense's protection rules. So um, a lot of people also call them creepers. Um, mm-hmm. and I from Creepers is something else that I'm blanking on right now probably because I'm live here. So, uh, but either way, the, um, from what I remember, he did sugar, run a lot sugar of guys, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. There's another one too, but no, whatever. Either way, um, yeah, he, uh, I think he ran a lot of some pressures and creepers out of this too. And by, by pulling the nose off and getting that extra rush on, it's just one more person that he can either potentially bring or he can keep up near the line of scrimmage and also know they have enough speed to get back into a coverage drop. I know he's playing zone behind these. What's crazy is that they here um, didn't even, if we trash this, if I can get that off, they have a nickel on, but they kept three backers on the field here. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's yeah. you know, here's one, here's two, here's three, but they've taken off. This is where the, the Jacksonville game, Denzel's hurt. Ronnie Harrison goes mm-hmm. out early. They have nobody else. They're forced yep. to. They were forced to use their cover guys as linebackers. They just had. Mm-hmm. I think they're playing Tavier Thomas in the slot because Denzel's out. Kevin Johnson kicked out wide. They were literally running on fumes. Mm-hmm. So there were. Mm-hmm. This is where we talk about they don't have much flexibility. All the flexibility that they had in this game was to use more linebackers and take a guy off the field and with the, you know take a D lineman off the field. I think Miles was Miles back or was he still out because he's yeah. not even in uh, rushing here. He might have been out too. They were really hurting yeah. defensively at this moment, but. But, you know, this is the general look. I mean, this year, the interchangeable pieces. So instead of this will be your one linebacker. So they'll probably have this be Walker. Or if they pull Walker off the field, it could be this guy, Jacob Phillips. Mm -hmm. Look at this. We're going to get real fancy. And then they could have this be JOK right here. And technically that's two linebackers, but not really. And then this would be Ronnie right here. So then it turns into, you know, in this scenario, over as your nickel would be Troy Hill. What number did Troy Hill take? I can't remember. Uh, 20? I can't remember. But then you got your free up here, which would be Grant Delpit, who I think is 22. And then you have your uh, your your uh, strong uh, somewhere else. Uh, I think he's lined up over here, vice versa. This could be the strong, and this they could move John Johnson, who I think is number 43. Uh, they could move him back too. But yeah, they, there's just a ton of flexibility, man. Um, mm-hmm. And you, but, but there's a ton of flexibility now. But the, the thing that people forget is like it gets week to week. This stuff gets really crazy because. You know, you lose a player like Ronnie Harris on the first series of the game. Who do we have left? How many guys do we have? It's it's just uh, it's a little wild. They got to adjust on the fly, and things aren't always cut and dry, and it gets a little dicey. But this is the look of what you would see. So if we again, if we were going through this, uh, so Sandeo was typically there free. So this would probably be Delpit in some form or fashion right here. You would probably have twenty three good comments you guys are crushing it with the numbers appreciate you uh you got denzel would be down here which is kevin johnson you would have uh probably uh, this is just a guess again i think i think john took number 43 again i think that's what he was i don't know if that's what he'll keep mm-hmm. uh, i'm sure people will correct me if i'm wrong greedy was number 26 or uh greg did greg take 20 i can't remember if greg took 20 i think he might have taken 20 um 
But yeah, that's something what you would see. You would probably see Phillips in here, number 50, kind of showing and maybe he's dropping. Uh, then you have whatever else you want. I mean, in this scenario, you could play Ronnie Harrison right here or JOK right here, either of them. I mean, that's fun, right? Like, mm. think about the difference in personnel, John, when you look at what they had. I you mean, know, it's funny you say that. Just okay. looking at the uh, that, the lineup let's, you put up there beginning. Let's look at the, it. Uh, not here, 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 not here. If this is Tavier Thomas, who I think it is, not here. Only guy that's here is 50, Jacob Phillips. Wow. That's nuts. Jeez. They're playing 10 new people defensively. I mean, this is, you know, they, I know they're dealing with little injuries, but just in this snapshot example is completely different. They have so much more flexibility this year. So listen, we're 50 minutes in. I thought we would go like 25 minutes, but as usual, I Ooh. always underestimate this stuff, brother. So mm -hmm. what we tried to do and just a recap of like the lesson we went through here, basic playbook concepts, what it looks like what playbooks look like, coaching points, what positions are on the football field defensively and what those players typically try to do, uh, wh what they're trying to fill those, those spots on the field with that type of player that does X, Y, and Z right. And then defensive uh, personnel groupings. Again, base, nickel, dime, bandit. Okay, so again, you can get really kind of crazy with moving a defensive lineman off the field and adding a linebacker or adding a safety if you want to. There's a flexibility there that is really nice. The Browns will have much better flexibility coming up next year. But yeah, this is uh, this is fun. So we'll build from here and go from uh, the basics of the players, the basics of the personnel groupings to what it looks like on the field next time, next Thursday. Techniques, where guys align. You know, if you hear people say a one tech, a three tech, a four eye, a seven technique, that's what I want to teach you guys next week. And we'll start talking about linebackers a little bit, where those guys line up and what their gap responsibilities are. And then after that, the next week, we'll start talking more secondary play. Man versus zone, techniques, coverages, that fun stuff. We are 53 minutes in. Um, and, and, and there have been a good number of you guys that have hung around. I hope this has been informative for you. John took the time to make the screenshots and give us the draw ups. I appreciate you, man. Of course. Thanks for having me. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, that's a wrap for today. If you have, if you have listened to this in, in the YouTube form here and have a question for me, find me on Twitter at Jake underscore Burns 18. Give me a question. I will pass it to you, uh, John and, and get it answered for you guys from him. Uh, or you can go talk to John. You're at all 22 chalk talk on Twitter, right? I don't know if John's yep. still with me. Sorry. Yep, he had, is. A, had a mute issue there. Yeah. All 22 <laughs> chalk talk on Twitter. You got me. Or okay. uh, posting the OBR forums. We're still on. Yeah. Uh, ask the insiders. If you are not a subscriber, this is a huge benefit is if you go to the ask the insiders and tag us, we will, uh, we will answer any question on this stuff you have. And, and it could be a practical application thing. And John's been known to pull a quick video and show you and draw it up and, and show you. I'll do the same, I'm trying to do more of that for insiders this year. Uh, so hit us up. If you have questions, we'll, we'll, we'll answer anything. We're going piece by piece. Let me know. If you're listening to this in audio form and you have questions, just, just get a hold of me. I will try to help you understand anything. Uh, I'm not sure if this was a great audio podcast. I'm sure you people... Uh, who, who are loyal listeners will let me know. We tried to be as descriptive as possible for you and talk our way through it. So hopefully we did okay. Otherwise, appreciate you guys. Please give yourself a chance to see when we go live by subscribing to the YouTube channel. If you can, uh, that tells you 
a notification comes up that, hey, the OBR Film Breakdown channel is live. That help that will help you keep up to date with everything we have. And then give the podcast, the OBR Film Breakdown, a uh, you know subscription, a five-star review. Nice little write-up is always appreciated. You guys have been killing it with listens this month, and I could not thank you more for that. And thank you guys for jumping in here and watching us live on YouTube. That stuff has been fantastic. Uh, big thanks to John again for joining us. Thanks to you guys for watching. We will be back with more uh, alignment breakdowns for the box players next Thursday. Hopefully Chalk Talk has been a success to start. We're always open to tweaks and suggestions, so let us know. Thanks, guys. Until next time, go Browns. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.